Um, all right, cool. So uh, everybody's all plugged in. Everybody sounds good. So the only thing I want to say, say, I guess, before we air is just a. So this is a. Um, you're, you're obviously not required to like a movie, but um, this is a, a a gift sponsorship from someone who does not like this movie to their partner who does love it, and so. Just keep that in mind that if you do hate it and you want to dump on it, and I'm not saying you do, you might love it, but just like a tiny bit of moderation, perhaps. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I am going to unload on this fucking movie today. <laughs> yeah, man, this movie yeah. fucking blows, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I got... I was fucking guys, and a half. Guys. I was fucking furious all this last night watching this. came over and I fed it and it threw... All the, all the, I worked so hard to love this movie. <laughs> Yeah. And it just spit up the food what? I gave it right away. Yeah. It and shit on the floor. It was a lousy house guest, and I'm glad it's uh, done. Okay, so yeah. all I'm all I'm gonna say though is that I just want re- just remember your job is to hate this in a way that a person who likes the movie will still have a good time listening. They so should break up. All yeah. <laughs> There's also uh, I don't know if you've been aware, Alex, but if you look in the news, there's some. Uh, problem with cops yeah going this around is a movie about right about a state defunding a police department and completely uh, except for the them. whole thing is you're supposed to root for them to not get defunded so it doesn't make yeah. any no you can root sense. for whoever you want to yeah <laughs> you uh, can't root for it. that's how movies work <laughs> not a football game Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep. We're a podcast that used to be about books. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. Uh, before we start the show, a couple of meat buddies I want to thank today who moved over to the new Patreon uh, this week. Uh, Jill, I want to send a big shout out to Jill, who's been with us since 2017. And this is their second time moving to a new system as I've changed financial providers. So I'm um, continually willing to make the extra effort to make sure we get money, which is quite appreciated. Also, Cass, who's also been with us since 2017, but has been listening since the beginning, which is bonkers. That's like it's 10 years. It's 300 some episodes. 500 episodes? Wait, not 300. I don't remember. I we, 300. Never mind. A fucking lot of episodes. Um, Agrippa episodes. Uh, I could probably do the math. Oh, yeah. 520. That would make sense. At least 500 episodes. Uh, anyway, it's too many. And then also, uh, I wanted to send a shout out to Bridget, um, who we gave major life advice to back in 2018. And clearly that has not gone awry. Must have worked yeah. out because she's still around and just moved over to the Patreon. If you want to join their ranks and keep this show slowly limping down the tracks, go to metreon.com or search for us on Patreon. Uh, and thanks everybody who supports the show. A uh, great panel for you today. We're back to our season three minimalist panel. Joining me from Southeast Portland, he's at Anthony Lopez part two on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, buddy. Uh, and also joining us uh, from the woods of Arkansas, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Yo, what up? It's me. Uh, I think there might be an animal in the roof of the house. Really? In the roof or on yeah. the roof? In the in the in, roof. We we had animals in the roof of our house. Oh, really? This, this happens ex- not in this the This was a city ex- experience we had when a we first moved in. A city animal, you say? I How? know. And we were like, for sure it was a raccoon because it was like glumping around. And we like found <laughs> YouTube videos of the sounds of baby raccoons. And like we compared it to the sounds we were hearing. That's and it was perfectly checked out. 
and we got a, a person who came out to look at the house, a, a, a pest control guy. And we we're like, I told him, I explained this to him, and he's like, it's not raccoons. Like it never even like he was just so <laughs> calm, like and he was of course right. Um, <laughs> it was pigeons. There was like just a hole, a pigeon-sized hole, a pigeon hole, in fact, on the on the eaves, and a bunch of pigeons had moved in and made a, a house there. And Ooh, what kind of like a pigeon house? What do you mean? Like, well, I assume a, a nest. log cabin. I, I couldn't remember the word nest, so I said pigeon house. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I assume it was like made of twigs, uh, twigs, and um. Uh, I was under the impression birds can't make their own houses, and that's why we do that for yeah, them. Yeah, well, they were sort of cheating with our... They were using our whole house, so technically they were already in a house, even. Um, but I believe that they made a bed then, I guess, out of out of uh, probably highly toxic insulation in our attic. But um, they're gone now. Uh, I brought in a, a guy. I, had him, I thought he was just going to take a look at him, at him, and then he just murdered him, just straight up murked a couple <laughs> just, of pigeons he, did, he didn't even tell you that's what he was gonna do he just no he didn't he just, just was, hey, you got a garbage bag and i was like sure and i gave it to him and he was like here take this out it's got two pigeons in it and oh my uh, god it was so fucked up but the worst part is it was a family it was a mother and a baby and a dad pigeon and the dad escaped he got away and for the next and then he like the guy like like sealed up the hole and for the next two weeks that pigeon would show up at our front door. Oh no. And just like like not even where he was going in. He went to our door. He stood on our porch oh, my and God. just cooed at the door. And it was so sad. <laughs> it was so sad, Hunter. Oh my God. I would you should complain. That is not <laughs> the fact that you paid somebody to give you that experience is awful. It was brutal. Uh, Our landlord paid, fortunately, but still, it was just so. It was so sad. Um, It was so bad. And then what? So his answer to that uh, was some. Another neighbor complained about the pigeon on the porch, and so he has this popcorn that makes them confused about where they live. And so he put this popcorn on our porch, and then the pigeon flew away and never came back. So, anyway, this is a brutal world out here for pigeons in the urban environment. Uh, What kind of animal do you think you have? I, I don't know. I was really hoping raccoon, but now you said that, and I, it makes me feel like uh, I probably won't be that lucky now. You're near the woods. It could very well be a raccoon. I mean, I, I, the thing about a raccoon is that it is hella cute. Mm-hmm. Adorable. And you're not supposed to be friends with them, but they you look can. like no, you should. No, hey, no, no, no. I'm from the woods, and let me tell you, they, don't, they won't tell you this out in Portland and in Los Angeles, but... You, you can totally be friends with a raccoon, okay? Just don't oh, tell man. nobody. It's so bad. Yeah. Big Possum has a big lobby out here <laughs> trying to discredit the raccoon in a real spiteful way, so you know? cute. They have little hands. They wash things. They open complex puzzles. Seriously, just trap one and then put it in, put it in a cage. Have it in your house for a little bit. That's how you. you tra- it's already living in your house. Save hold two up, steps. hold up. You have to domesticate it, my friend. Oh. Which really is just means you can't just have it in the house for a food? long time. Just have it there for a while until it gets what's going on here, and then they're going to be like, "Oh heck yeah!" And then you just have it in your house. I had a, I, my friend, uh, my friend Bryce. His family. Shout out to Bryce. He doesn't listen, but uh, <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, you can just tell he's being shouted out. His, his yeah, he just looked up. Uh, his his family had a raccoon for a long time, so I'm I'm not I'm not pulling this out of my butt. I'm not doing a joke right now. You can totally do this, and it's yeah. I mean very I fun to pet that, a raccoon. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say I, it was impossible. I was said you you're not you, you ought not you yeah, ought I mean, not. Yes, it is but. certainly the type of thing that if you know if you're going to definitely do your research. Same. Th- this is really for any kind of non-normal domesticated pet. Uh, yeah. Don't get a pet that you're not 
sure what it's involved. Um, yeah. Definitely yeah. make sure, like, you you can have a lot of different kind of odd, exotic pets. Uh, but you should definitely put in the work and the thought if like you're going to do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, think yeah. It, like, think it you through. You can get tigers. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's only $2,000. That's what he said on that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said it was $2,000 for a tiger baby. That's like half I the could price get of a French bulldog. Together. Yeah. That's yeah. I could do that. I shouldn't. But that's like, that's only the price of two golden retrievers. Yeah, that's or that's, or ten thousand chihuahuas. It's not that expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say though, if you do find a raccoon in a weird place, like in your roof, um, that's a bad sign. I will say that it's not good to find a raccoon in a weird place. Why, because why mi- not? Well, because it might have the rabies. That might be oh. why it's there. Because it's basically crazy. Because it's, it's they would yeah. normally go up into your roof. There's no garbage up there, so. <laughs> oh that is that is interesting well i i am so sad for you and i hope you have only positive updates about this raccoon situation <laughs> yeah, or maybe we'll see. it literally started like a couple hours ago so we'll but just we'll remember if happens. you call somebody whose like van has a bug like with a spray can pointed at the bug's face as its logo they're not here to help the pigeon yeah oh yeah yeah they're gonna kill it i'll, I'll, gonna I'll be... make my peace uh, with that uh, alex yeah. i mean i think this is really like it's really kind of on you. Like, what did you think the guy coming to deal with the pigeons? Like, like who's going to relocate them for you? Like, yes. gonna put them in the you, system? you think there's a lot of, like, humane pest control people out there? That's not really their forte. I mean, look, dude, we can't like, even get was... unemployment benefits for coronavirus. You think we're relocating pigeons? You think we got some sort of pigeon yeah. sanctuary? We're not even shelling out a few bucks for our own, man. Look, man, I, there's just so many pigeons who are alive, like, just outside of our roof. It feels like it, all you'd have to do is, like, just get it. Just Shoot. take it. Put, yeah, just, <laughs> for sure. You know that hole well, that it came Alex... in through? Pick it up, push it out the hole, close yeah. the door. See, it'll now live on the telephone pole with 2,000 so of its friends. No. You're making it sound so simple, though. Why did you just do it at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Alex, if you wanted someone just to shoo him away and close up the hole, then you do it yourself. The guy <laughs> comes because he thinks you don't want to shoo him away and close up the hole. <laughs> That's not what his job is. He's there for revenge, man. You called him. I just want you guys to be more on my side. This is a painful lesson I have already learned. So I don't know if being reminded that I'm the monster here was what I was looking for today. Alex, our whole purpose in life is to remind you that you're the monster. That's that's why I get out of bed. (laughs) Oh man, it was so sad. Um, all right, well, so let's get we get started with the show today. Before we talk about our movie, um, let's talk about what else we were watching this week. Um, Anthony, do you want to go first for us? Yeah. Um. So uh, I I watched a few things this week. Uh, this is a particularly pretty brutal week, uh, I think, uh, for everyone. Um. A lot of really sad things happened this week. Uh, I want to sort of take a moment and give a shout out to the passing of the phenomenal Chadwick Boseman, who passed away uh, this week at 42 years old. Incredibly sad after, you know, uh, secretly. And, you know, it's in within, within his right to kind of keep this. And I have a lot of respect for his family and friends that were able to keep mm-hmm. this a secret. The fact that he has been fighting cancer for the last um four years, which I thought was incredibly tragic to learn. Uh, I think it's 
fairly inspiring, the idea that he knew he had this diagnosis and continued to do some of the best work uh, of any actor has done, uh, especially in the past few years. When you look at, he's an actor who I always found just to be so incredibly charismatic, um, played the roles that he did with such grace and dignity. I mean, this is a guy who played... Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, uh, Chakala, the Black Panther. I mean, this he is someone uh, who... Uh, uh, Thoth? What? He also played Th- Thoth? Thoth? The, uh, Thoth? Yeah, Thoth. The, anyway, Gods of what? Egypt. Oh, he was yes, the the he was, the, the, he is the, the god best, of knowledge. The best he played, part of he gods played, of like, Egypt. Yeah, he's the only good part of that movie. So. He played he played forty of Thoth. But he is he is the type of actor who I think um, you know I, him passing away was a lot like I thought of like something like the death of Philip Seymour Hoffman or Heath Ledger. These actors who it was so shocking just because there's yeah. this 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 um, thing that was in the back of my head. I was just always assumed we were going to get another. 40 years of great performance yeah. from him. That's and, the part that you just feel so cheated yeah. because it was like, obviously yeah. we were going to get so much more yeah. good and Chadwick Boseman stuff. It's, you know, you know it's, it's really dope to think about, but I mean, just like to put it in perspective to look at other great actors who, pa- if they had passed away at 42, you know, this is the equivalent of if uh, Meryl Streep had died in 1992. Or if Al Pacino had died in 84 or Brad Pitt yeah. in 2007. Like this idea of just all the great roles and iconic things they've done since then. Um, but the night he passed away, I wanted to watch something that was the sort of like just to kind of remind myself of how much I liked him and watch a movie that I didn't really enjoy the first time I saw it. But I thought I'd give it another go. So I watched Civil War, which was the introduction of Black oh, Panther yeah. in the MCU. Uh, and he is, it's, I definitely liked it more than when I first saw it. Uh, and he is easily the best part of it. He is so, he brings such dignity to this role. I mean, you can just tell that he is the type of actor who understood how important this character was going to be. Like the idea that he played uh, this role that was going to mean so much to so many kids especially uh and just sort of different uh people who had never seen themselves on the screen and he just brings so much to it and it's just really like he reminds me a lot re-watching it i just kept thinking of like the way christopher reeves played superman like there's just this respect and like love for the work that he's doing um and it was just so tragic and it made me yeah. very very sad um and you know with everything else going on just the last week alone, let alone 2020, this year has been just so brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, and, really. And then, and then, if you want to add to that, all of the 2010s on, and really yeah, everything pretty, since I was yeah. six, um, it but just the, feels like we've just been on a consistent. But I mean, just downhill. you know, when especially when you're watching Civil War, and and you know he. I guess wasn't diagnosed by then, but it was shortly thereafter. And to think of, you know, going through treatment, going through chemo, going everything he went through, and also being in so many movies, doing press tours, doing interviews, never talking about it, talking about other the kids. percentage of his work that is after that, after the diagnosis, is 
unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. It's, and it's not like I do. I think it's a little, you know, I'm a little iffy on like sort of like I even said it before, like the idea of like, you know, the fight with cancer. I don't like that type of language. I, no, I really I like when people say like, oh, he Great. lost this yeah. battle because it's like, yeah. what the fuck does that even mean? You don't. You don't yeah, lose I, because you don't fight hard enough. You exactly. Know what I yeah. mean? You're, you're making it sound like it's people's giving up oh, or yeah. And, yeah. It's and I, I understand the 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 desire and the the way like to encourage people by talking about it as a fight, but it's it's yeah, it's definitely something that's yeah, not and helpful. I, I don't want to say that like if you got diagnosed with cancer, if you didn't go out on an international press tour and make five <laughs> movies, you somehow are not fighting hard enough. I don't yeah. think that, but I do think that what he did was incredible and something that uh, really I found in so humbling and moving. And the thing uh, about that, that's the most humbling to me is the like specifically that he went to visit kids with cancer in hospitals, that the idea of going to like, to instead of just instead of focusing on your problem to go out and like help other people with that s- a similar problem is so impressive. Yeah. And yeah, just, just, uh, uh, an unbelievable, uh, un- unattainable goal to live up to, to be a, a person yeah. like that. I mean, truly just a legend and someone I feel that, um, is going to be missed and cannot be replaced. And, uh, like I said, the idea of when you have these great artists and they're just taking from us too soon, uh, just, the loss of the work that you knew they were going to do is so heartbreaking. Um, yeah. So, like I said, this was a particularly. Do you have anything rough... else that's still coming out that he had been he had already done? I'm not sure. Um, I had not actually looked into that, but I I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I mean, usually there is, right? That was like yeah. with Heath Ledger, but like just because everything takes so long, I assume there's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a drama film called uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes. Oh, interesting. That's that. You know, sure, I don't know. Wolf. I don't okay. nothing about it. I think yeah. it's about yeah. a blues singer. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, and he was. He had like there's so many roles he had lined up. He was going to do um, the the only like uh, black samurai. The story of the I forget his name, but there was a a, oh, uh, a black dude who came over this, and yeah. was a samurai uh, who's just like the fact that he just kind of I, I felt like he knew he didn't have much time and just wanted to play legends uh it's just mm-hmm, such yeah, a yeah a king move to do um <laughs> i just I yeah, suke. so much respect for him and it's so sad and uh i kind of on sort of a more uplifting note because this yeah. week was so incredibly bleak uh something that i watched that really helped uh was my wife and i over the course of three days watched the entire Bill and Ted trilogy, including oh, the good for you. face yeah. the music. Um, and they was, you know, I definitely think I've always like have a soft spot, especially as a kid from the original two movies. But I think that if this was any other year, these movies would not have hit me like they did. They would not have been the, you know, cure all medical solve that I think I needed. Uh, but because of how bleak, and awful everything is these movies really did a lot for me this week really helped me kind of keep my head in a good headspace um you know i had grown up watching them especially the second one because as a kid the second one is just it's so wild and inventive and has all these crazy sets especially in hell and everything like that um and they uh 
so fun and earnest and non-cynical and have no malice in them, really, except the first two Bill and Ted movies, something I had forgotten, or these completely any age could watch them. They're fun and silly then because it was the 90s. Both movies have one scene when they throw out a homophobic slur for no right. good reason. Uh, and that, that's a real bummer. Um, yep. But watching them back to back and then getting to the third one, Face the Music, I loved uh, Face the Music. I think, like I said, in any other year, I probably would have just liked it quite a bit. Uh, but because of everything going on, this new movie, it's, you know, it's nice and tight and it's it flows really fast. It's inventive and fun. And I think like the biggest thing was it doesn't have a single cynical or irony poisoned uh second of it and it's been so long since i've watched something that was not cynical at all uh i just don't feel like especially things with big special effects or comedy uh and a movie that you know the the main point of the series the main thesis is like be excellent to each other and i found them to be the new one um to be so sweet and moving and very funny and Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves uh, are both, you know, immediately step into the roles. The actresses they got to play their daughters are hilarious. They're uh, like they like famously are like still friends. Yeah, which is uh, so interesting. I mean, this it's so childish of me, but I want everyone who plays friends on movies to be friends in real life. I want, <laughs> and I like that. But the fact that so and it, it's not usually like I want all bands to be best friends. Uh, like the fact that that actually is true with them that they're like just really stoked to hang well, yeah, out. I mean, but. Alex Winter's always seemed like such a nice guy and everyone knows Keanu was like, you know, reportedly like the nicest dude to ever exist. Yeah. That's um, what I'm but they both are having so much fun. It's so great to see them. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, you know, I love the fact that they really established that everything that happened in the previous two movies is canon. Uh, so like the idea of like all the stuff with hell and death and like all that comes back and gets paid off in a great way. And it was just, it was exactly what I needed this week. Uh, it really made me feel good. It was a delight. I got emotional, not from anything in the movie, but just the fact that this movie, like I said, was so sweet and non-cynical, uh, just like watching something that was like, Filled with positive energy and love. It was it was overwhelming just because I'm so unused to that. I have not seen anything this nice and earnest in so long. Uh, and I needed that. So I cannot oh, suggest damn. enough uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, it's a delight. And go back and watch the first two. Like I said, minus one bad joke in each movie. They yeah. are also hold up incredibly well. And I think that it's uh, fairly interesting in the sort of the film school idea of this sort of series uh, in the way that these movies, um, if you listen to us and listen to the things we talk about that are important to make a good movie, these movies break every single one of those rules. They don't, uh, they don't make sense. They don't have internal logic. It's just filled with, silly nonsense uh the entire time but they they work because they're carried by you know just such strong performances and like a commitment to the silliness that i think they can actually be a good case study in how to like 
break rules of movie, supposedly good movie making. So like that was really interesting as well. Um, Hunter, what else have you been watching this week? Um, so I, my this segment's gonna be a little weird for me because I'm going to I'm going to recommend people watch something that I actually bounced off of and don't want to continue watching, but it's good. Okay. <laughs> it's a good, it's, and it's what I watched. Okay. I just, I, I think, and, and maybe, maybe I will pick it back up again, but I'm, I'm going to talk about this, uh, the show. I think it's, I believe it's a mini series. Uh, it's called the plot against America. Um, oh, it's the it's David ba- Simons thing, right? Uh, is that the, the, the Skip from the wire wire yeah, guy. David, yeah. 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 David yes. Simon yeah. Yeah. I've actually um, not seen the wire. Don't hit me. Um, but no, that's not the time, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, I've liked all the other things he's done too. Um, yeah. but, uh, uh, so it's a, it's no, a, it's a show about, Wait, this is a new, there's a new David Simon and I was not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato uh, this year. Yeah. So, so you didn't like for- it, but you recommend it. Well here. So let me, let me, let me explain it a little bit. So it's, it's a alternate history, um show or it's 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 based off a book but um it's set in 1940 uh world war ii is happening but uh america is not joined in and there's this guy running against fdr whose name is like uh i think it's charles Lindbergh. charles Lindbergh, yeah Lindbergh. uh he was like a pilot yeah the pilot pilot whose baby went missing Yes, kid got kidnapped. Oh, I didn't even know that part. Um, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't get all the way. I don't know anything about Charles. I just the the Lindbergh baby is a famous historical thing. Oh yeah, that, yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't even realize that was the same thing. Okay. Um. So, anyways, his whole thing is like he doesn't want to go to war, and like maybe he's like kind of chill with Hitler doing his thing. Um, Charles Lindbergh and, was very chill with Hitler doing his thing. That is yeah. a historical fact. Right, so it's it's very much about um, America possibly descending into uh, fascism, but I don't want to. What it does really well because it's obviously a kind of Trump analog, but I don't know. It's, it's based off a book that I don't think was intending to be that because I'm pretty sure the book was written before Trump. Um, oh yeah, but it's uh, it, it 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 accomplishes like the performances in it are are really really fantastic. It's really well written. I just am living the election every day right now. And the idea that every day I would look at polling data and read what each candidate is doing and, and stew over every aspect. And then at night watch a show that is like sort of about the moment we're living in, even though it's through this lens of like history and, it's like displaced in some ways. I just like couldn't, I, I just could not continue with it. I, and like, it's, maybe it's, someday it's I'll so, watch it again. It's such but. a perfect thing to say right now. Cause I like, when, when you told me about this, I had somehow missed that there was a new David Simon and I was excited. And then I clicked on the page and, and read the one sentence summary. And I was like, Nope, not now. Yeah. Yes. Not in the mood for yeah, sure. Yeah, no. so that's just like the I I don't even know why we we you know what me uh me and my uh, girlfriend Elena had just finished um Succession uh, yeah. the HBO show Succession we really liked that and and we watched before that we had watched Chernobyl mm-hmm. and there was something about watching those two shows that made this show seem like a logical next step yeah but the the subject matter is it would just conquer that would just be all my life day and night would just be about the yeah, yeah i totally agree I can't I, do it. I can't do if it. you want something on hbo that kind of has this 
same sort of themes. I uh, I know a lot of people didn't like the second episode of Lovecraft Country. I you're really still in. enjoyed it. Uh, and I loved the third episode. So I think Lovecraft Country is still very good. So if you're looking for another HBO show to watch, uh, I'd still recommend that. Yeah, um, it's very I, much on my radar. I, um, I'm i going to go a very different direction for this. Um, I'm going to return to a segment I tried once before that did not go well and probably won't this time either. Uh, that I, and I'm gonna. I was I'm jealous of Hunter having a theme song briefly, so I'm going to give it. my segment a very short theme song, which is sports. So um, I'm going to do a very brief sports segment, which is that this week uh, brought the return of the Tour de France. And this is the weirdest sports thing I have ever seen, and I totally love it. And I will just, it, I'm, no, I'm sure it's not something that either of you are ever going to uh, spend any time on. They're on bicycles I, and they go fast, right? I, it's, okay, so you know that scene, let me, let me try to, let me try to give you the best pitch I can for watching the Tour de France, because it's like, I don't, and cycling as a sport is not even that interesting to me. I hate riding a bike. It's very uncomfortable. Um, but um, you know that scene in Sicario where you're in a, <laughs> You're in a drone and all the cars are in a line and they're kind of moving in interesting patterns. <laughs> it's just that over the most beautiful French countryside all day for three weeks. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not a sport that I would be like, you sit there and watch and cheer for it. It's, I, you know, it, I'm, it's taking up the place where I used to just have on our TV while my wife and I are working in the living room. I w- we would just put up um, a webcam of puppies in a playroom. And now it's just cycles going through French countryside. And it is so beautiful and calm and weird. And it's also just like, unlike any other sports thing I've ever seen They're Yeah, they're going like 60, 70 miles an hour. Um, down on these mountain roads, they do this thing. You know that bar on your bike, uh, between the seat and the handlebars, where it's like right up near where you'd fall on your junk if you sat yeah, too yeah, far yeah. forward. Mm. They 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 put their chest on that yeah. and their feet up, so it's which is called an arrow tuck, which is insanely dangerous. And they do that to go downhill at these inhuman speeds. They also just like pee off the side of the bike where they're while they're riding. Um, if something breaks the mechanic is in a car and he'll come up and match the speed and he'll hang out the back window of the car and fix your bike while you're both moving. Um, There's always like French people come out and hang out by the side of the road. There's always like some naked people on a horse that'll ride by and it's European television. So they'll just show it. You know, there's a naked person on a horse right now. That's weird for the horse. And um, there's also, it's like a, it's, it's like the, it's a team sport, even though it looks like they're all out for themselves, but it's like, there are people who are on the bike team and their job is just to get food for the person who's doing well. So they'll like hang back and like somebody in a car will toss them a bag of food and then they'll ride up to the person who's doing well and give them some food to eat and then ride back into the thing. And then it's just it's it's so otherworldly and crazy balls. And I really like it. And so if you want to kind of just sold me on it a little bit, it's just like I don't know how to get it on my TV, but it just the it idea is a little of having, hard to get on your TV. I will yeah. give you that. Um, I want it, it is, on my TV because I will say that there is a weird comfort I get from sporting events that just kind of take all day. Like not like a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like, yeah, they're going to be at this all day. That just makes it's me feel six like hours. comfortable. It's yeah. about six hours of riding a day. And you and yeah, I mean, it's all in French time. So I'm watching it after it's finished. But I am just just throw it up on the TV and just like every time I look up, there's some dudes cycling and also france is beautiful and it's like you know you only see the eiffel tower at the end the rest of the time it's like this mountains and and oceans that i'm not used to seeing and 
movies from France. It's anyway, it's crazy. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I Europeans really love, love like really odd competitions, at least to an American mind. Like you look at like the this race, the Lamont uh, Curl yeah, race, Lamont, is like similar, a yeah. multiple day long race, Eurovision, which we were talking about before the show, <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. this huge singing competition. Um, and it's weird. Like the only thing I, I feel like I ever know about a lot of these, especially this race, which is like, it's, a, it's one of those things where like no one cares about it in America until an American does well at it. Right. And then brings classic American corruption and dirties the whole sport. Yeah, right. Uh, like like makes American it explode way. in America and then immediately destroys everything about it. Yeah, yeah, destroys um, the integrity of it. It's really, I mean, fascinating. Uh, yeah, yeah, I also I did watch the Lance Armstrong documentary from thirty for the thirty for thirty a couple weeks ago, and uh, one thing I like about it is uh, unlike the Michael Jordan documentary, he doesn't get to look good in his own documentary mm. he still kind of sucks and that is so interesting um but anyway yeah, I mean, uh, michael jordan sucked but he won fair and square that's the thing is like if you <laughs> if you suck but can follow pit you know follow it up with legit athleticism people yes. we respect you in this country but if you suck and then you know found out you cheated to win it's hard i to- mean and he, yeah, it would be he, hard to know, get that out of the documentary. You know what I mean? Well, wise. well, no, it's just like well, right, there's, so. There's that, but also like he is also a petty jerk sometimes in a way that is really fascinating. Um, like it opens on this anecdote. I got to move on, but he opens on this anecdote of him like uh, like shortly after this the 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 drug stuff came out, he was like waiting for someone to heckle him in public, and no one said shit for like six months, and then he's like outside this bar. And some guy comes out talking shit to him. And so he drives away and on his phone, he calls the bar and is like, if that guy comes back in buy him and anyone he's with anything they want all night on me, just, just to spite him with like money. I don't know. It was just like the weirdest form of pettiness I'd ever heard, which was like, he was like, I just wanted to piss him off by being a bigger, like his bigger man spite. It's so weird. Uh, anyway, um, I recommend a little bit. I would of be impervious to that spite, just so you know. <laughs> See, to me, I don't even read that as spite. I read that as like he has like a weird self-flagellation thing where he just wants to like, yeah, you called me out. I want someone to call me out so then I can reward them for it. I mean, he I- did. He I did say like this was out of spite and pettiness, so I believe him. But yeah, it's a bizarre world. Anyway, let's get going with our um, topic uh, for the day because we have such an interesting conversation to have. Which <laughs> I may have I may have previewed a little bit in our cold open today. We'll see. Um, this is me talking ahead to my editing self. Um, but this week's topic on the program, we are talking about the 2001 film Super Troopers, uh, directed by Jay. Oh. Chandran Sekar and starring the boys Wait, from yeah it's Broken Lizard Super Troopers please is it is that actually in the name yeah um Broken Lizard Super Troopers uh starring the boys from Broken Lizards plus Logan Roy the lady from Freddy Got Fingered and the uh and famous political comedian Jim Gaffigan don't forget the original <laughs> um the original Wonder Woman uh, oh was the uh, oh the is governor. that the governor? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. governor. Oh, yeah. 
Um, really interesting little bit of casting going around. So why are we watching Super Troopers right now of all time of all the times to watch it? This is a gift sponsorship that is going out to Andy Coulson from his wife, Sarah. Sarah says uh, said this to us. Uh, Andy went to Whitman with you guys, uh, me and Ez and Chris, who are not on the show as often anymore, but um, went to school with us and has been a dedicated listener of the podcast for years. Uh, when we moved back to Alaska after graduate school, he would save all of your podcasts to listen to with me when we went on long car trips. And in Alaska, all car trips are long ones. Yeah. So I have also become a big fan, um, especially since I associate your podcast with fun adventures with one of my favorite humans on the planet. Oh, and I sweet. want to give him a sponsored episode about one of his favorite movies as an anniversary gift. So I would love it if you guys would watch Super Troopers and tell me if it holds up. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and jokes about movies. We laugh in the car a lot. Thanks for the podcast. And I did follow up and ask Sarah why this movie in particular of all of his favorite movies. And she said, I don't know. I think it is a terrible movie. I don't understand why he likes it, but I love him. So here we are. He is definitely worth it. So happy anniversary, Andy, from Sarah, who sold you out a little bit. Uh, but also uh, hopes that this is a fun thing. So I hope you have a good time listening to this um, when you get back from your trip, which I'll talk more about the trip that they're on in a little bit later in the show. Uh, But first, let's talk about Super Troopers. So I'm going to give you my three-sentence summary of the movie. One of the easier films to condense down to three sentences. (laughs) Um, In rural, number one, in rural Vermont, a bunch of frat brothers who met in a sketch comedy group in college are now highway patrolmen. Uh, their jobs are boring, so they pass the time doing cheeky and fun shenanigans like drinking maple syrup, saying meow, and shooting each other in the dick. A brief but ferocious plot appears about them losing funding, and they are able to defeat it and stop drug smuggling everywhere using their incredible skills of consistent logo design recognition and go back to their old tricks. That is the movie. Not Super Troopers. Bam. It is mostly just donor sketch comedy that has a brief plot about drugs um yeah and like i i mentioned the sketch thing at the beginning because like i watched this movie this time which i've seen before and i watched this time and i was like this feels like a bunch of guys who met in college in a sketch group and i googled it and it was like colgate college so they are Mm -hmm. um it's just very much the vibe of a college sketch comedy movie that is a little bit of a movie and a lot of just like sketch comedy guys hanging out making each other laugh Um, five five guys who have gotten to coast for 20 years off of one movie Uh, so this was was this their first movie no they did a movie called puddle cruiser Oh, okay. That, yeah, that was the they like. Yeah, they made that themselves. This was their first movie, movie, and then they've lived on this money forever. Yeah. Well, also, you know, they they tried to like establish the Broken Lizard brand, but yeah. were never able to recapture the kind of you know, like even this is one of those movies where like it's you know, like a cult hit and like everyone knows about it. But if you look at it, like it, it didn't really make actually money for anybody involved. Right. It's right. just through like word of mouth and like people, like I said, they, they don't buy, I, I don't imagine most of the guys in this movie buy their own drinks when they go out to a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, these I, are the kind of guys who show up to anything and get a bag of weed thrown at them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Probably. Probably. Um, but yeah, and they, uh, so, you know, they were, and this is, they tried it, what, four other times they did like Club Dread, which I also have not seen in probably 15 years, but I remember 
liking that uh, for a bit of the same reason I like that is the same reason my favorite thing about this is they have this great idea uh, of get, you know, the five of them and then you get one real legitimate actor uh, and you give them like the best lines. <laughs> so in this movie, it's Brian yes, Cox. Absolutely. Uh, in that movie, it's Bill, Bill Paxton. Um, yeah. But yeah, then they did like Beer Fest, which I saw a long time ago, and I remember thinking was okay. And then they did another movie called The Salmon Slammin. Slammin. Oh, salmon. yeah. The Slammin Salmon. Oh, yeah. I uh, saw that. I didn't see the then, movie. I saw that listed and was like, that is a, yeah. that title makes me not want to watch this movie. Uh, and then they did Super. They uh, crowdfunded Super Troopers 2 a few years ago. Yeah. Um, the people paid for that one. Um, yeah. And it made money. It made, they, 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 they took $2 million from just normal people and then made $30 million that the normal people did well, not get. Well, they they did one of those, like, uh, with a lot of big projects, uh, sort of bigger projects like this, especially movies, you you crowdfund to show another investor that people are interested. Right. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they crowdfunded two, mu- two million, and then Fox gave them another 20. Uh, oh, okay. So that, that makes that more was, sense. It was like the two million is like a, people essentially pre-ordering the movie so that Fox can see that there's yeah. a demand for it. Yeah, I feel so. I feel so gross about that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel yeah, it feels weird. It feels very strange because I mean, like if that's how all movies worked, I would accept it. If it's just like you have to pitch a movie to people and then they buy it and then it gets made, um that would be one thing, but like since most movies don't, it just feels a little scammy. Yeah. It No, I mean, yeah. I think if at the end of the day you didn't get a movie, it would feel scammy. But well, right, yeah, which is the, the that is the Kickstarter way. Yeah, I you know I think that it's you know when you especially like you know I'm sure Hunto knows this a little bit better just because you are a little bit more tied into video games than Alex is, but in video games you see this okay. a lot. You see a lot of Kickstarters that don't go anywhere or just they yeah. Like, you can't get me to back a game. There's no <laughs> way you can get me to back <laughs> a game at this point. I don't care if it sounds like the coolest game ever. What is that game, Star Citizen, that people have been backing oh, oh, yeah. for like almost ten years now? They've gotten like so much money out of people. They've gotten like over two hundred million dollars, for- and there's no game yet. Yeah. Like you uh, can't that kind well, of timeline for investment just, has I mean, to be it, unacceptable. It's yeah. so it's so awful. But that's like I feel like that's everything on Kickstarter is like, oh, this is a great cooler with a record player in it, and you'll never get it. And yeah, and it's not actually going to happen. Some do. Well, well, that's I don't know. So, some you, some do, but the yeah. there's a, just enough of them that never come that it feels like a really weird platform to spend money on. But also at the same time, uh, on the like, other I gave hand, thousands of dollars to build that wall with Mexico, and it has not <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> That was a Kickstarter you yeah. were all about. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, um, actually, no. That was that wasn't Kickstarter. I believe that was on the other one, the GoFundMe, GoFundMe which is yeah. the one. The GoFundMe was like the problem with Kickstarter is too many restrictions on how you can scam people. Like too many rules protecting the investors. Let's start right. a new platform where you keep whatever, no matter what. And then that uh, is what was used to scam people for this. Yeah, for every one of those, there's also like on the video game side, there's like a shovel knight, which I didn't back that, but the amount shovel of content knight? that it's a great video game, and that they oh, okay. went above and beyond and gave out created so much content with their success. So you know, yeah. it's not too bad. And like with movies like this, I definitely understand it if it's like you know, um, 
no one else is going to make this and studio executives are the most, especially right now in the world we live in where movies, unless you have like a known IP or uh, like a superhero (laughs) in it, they're going studios, even like a known thing, studio heads are the most risk averse, cowardly people on the planet. You know what? Okay. So here's what I'm, here's what I don't understand is that, if the, I mean, look, not that you guys have to defend the industry. I understand. One thing I do understand is that the industry is not super well run. But one of the things that is so crazy is that, like, you'll hear all these stories about how risk averse everybody is. And then they're like, oh, Amazon just spent a billion dollars making a Nazi hunting movie from someone who had never written anything before. Uh-huh. And starring Al Pacino, and it's not very good. And you're like, well, wait, where was the risk averse people? Well, that's streaming is different because they're just trying to create as much content as you can. You know, the problem with right. movies, like theatrical companies, is like you look at like a company like Warner Brothers who got bought by AT&T a few years ago, right? So Warner Brothers was always sort of known as like, you know, a filmmaker studio. They made a lot of lower projects, uh, smaller projects from, you know, directors uh but once like you know the big comic book movie boom and a company like AT&T came in they looked at movies that made like 20 40 million dollar budgets of profits and were like fuck that we need to make billion dollar pro- profits on all of our movies so like that's yeah. the crazy thing about movies is like you could look you could make what 40 super troopers for the cost of Batman versus Superman but you're not going to have the profit return if that movie does end up making a lot of money. So that's the but great like, thing about studios. I, I, I just the idea of there being 40 super troopers, I think <laughs> I, is, I'm excited about the potential of seeing that. Well, 40. I mean, it sounds like what you're describing is a TV show at that point. Um, no, 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 no. Theatrical films, mean, Alex. <laughs> I just mean like 40 small budget movies, right? Yes. But yes. studios don't make those anymore because they don't make enough profit. So they would rather than make a bunch of small movies, they make one big movie every quarter instead and that's is there a crowdfunded movie that is good i mean uh, I'm sure. has there been a success story here yeah I mean, i'm pretty sure there is yeah i'm sure there has been um i can't i'm not tied in enough to that but like okay not nothing that's like jumping yeah. to mind right away yeah um or if i mean honestly like the you know, a huge part of it is like, what does that mean, crowdfunded movie that's good? Like, if you crowdfund something and you like the product you get, then it's good for you. Like, the thing is, most movies that get crowdfunded are getting crowdfunded for a specific group of people that want this. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's super interesting. If the, like, I don't know what that does to the world of like, it's, that sounds like it's still even, maybe even harder to break in with an, as a new person with new ideas. But if, if everybody has to go to people and get them to commit money to seeing your thing before it exists. Um, but it is interesting. The idea of there being more movies for people who want that movie and not having to be a movie that is going to be seen by everybody in every country. Yeah, it's like my wife really loved the Veronica Moe's movie, right? Okay. I'm not a fan of Veronica Moe's. I watched a yeah. few episodes. I'm not enough that like, I wanted to see a movie of it. But like, she really loved the movie because it was just filled with nostalgia and fan service. And like, that was a crowdfunded movie. And like, uh, people really liked it. Spike Jones crowdfunded a movie a few years ago, the the Blood of Jesus movie, right? And like, mm-hmm. I never got around to seeing it, but people who really like Spike Jones movies really liked that movie. So like, it is you know, it's 
if people, if a someone, an artist who you're not going to see anything from them otherwise, can get you no know, reach directly to their audience, like I think that's that's neat, you know. I think I think it's a tricky conversation because I I don't I don't think you're going to come to a to a point of just like well this is on the whole unethical. It's more about like how did they do it like and and how how did they what was even the language they used how open were they with the people backing this and like what were they promising them like i think there's i think there's a bad way to do it and there's a good way to do it oh yeah yeah well, I, and and it's interesting that it's I mean, just another avenue i think that is always interesting that there's like another different way that it's yes. possible for stuff like this to happen and it makes sense for something like this that was i guess that was not a huge money maker but that everybody i know has seen and so the the I, like in that sense of cult movie i don't think it has that like it's the best thing ever cult appeal but it's like everyone i know has seen super troopers at some point and so the idea of like there being a second super troopers makes sense but fox didn't fox doesn't hang out with my friends and so they weren't like sure that it exists right. okay so let me talk about let's talk about this movie as a movie now i guess which is that uh this is a a, a 10 year old stoner comedy I mean, yeah. even older than that. This is eighteen years. Sorry, old? twenty years. Yeah, twenty year old sort of comedy. Oh, bad God. at math. Um, and twenty years ago, uh, I was not a stoner and uh, thought it was pretty funny. Um, but and I actually like calling it a stoner comedy is a little bit weird. But I do feel like it has that vibe. And also, there are stoner comedies that I liked without being a stoner. So, where do you guys come down in that? This, where do you guys feel about this genre of comedy? And is it different now than the way you felt about it twenty years ago? Who wants to go first? I mean, I, I, I'll, actually, I'll first. say this. I, I, I never liked this genre of comedy, and I think I still don't. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, and, and I think maybe it's best to just get that out of the way early that this yeah, is, this is not a, at you. This isn't yeah, in mean, my in my heart or in my in my brain or in my butt. You know, it, I it's, think the nicest nicest thing Hunter and I are probably going to say this episode is that Andy you have a very smart wife with good things and she's I like right well, wait actually I, I have other nice things I could say though because here's the thing what my thing about this movie is as it starts at the beginning of it when you have those stoners in the car and they're getting the the cops are are not the characters that we're in the point of view from yes. uh, I thought it was a cool idea. I was like, oh, it's kind of like Reno 911, but uh -huh. we're with these kids instead of the cops, and the cops are doing weird stuff, and we don't even know if the stuff they're doing is weird because they're high and we're with these kids or if they're actually being weird. Uh, yeah. I actually want, I do want to give it the prop, like, I do want to give it some props because I do actually like the opening of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then the movie gets to what the movie is about, and that I I liked less. Although you still get these little these little glimpses of like if if this had just been set up almost the, the exact way that Reno nine one one was, where it's just a series of traffic stops and uh -huh. it's essentially just sketch or improv comedy, but the yeah. setup is always that someone's been stopped. Just really bored cops and they just stopped somebody. Yeah. Like, honestly, that was the kind of... And I could tell that's probably whenever they do this... Like, I'm sure as a sketch group, they did sketches like this. This didn't yeah. just come out of nowhere. Like, I'm sure they did these these sketches all the time. I bet some of those bits in this movie are old. Like, really, really old. Like, you, like th that's what they felt like to me. Was, like, yeah. old sketch comedy that is now making it into this movie. And 
a, a lot of that was the best comedy in in the stuff. It was kind of the other stuff that didn't really work for me, uh, which I would say, I mean, I'm kind of if I Venn diagrammed the movie, I would say there's about five percent where the comedy works. And then there's kind of the rest of it, which is I'm not going to just completely dismiss it where it's all just kind of questionable to me. Mm-hmm. I so I yeah I think that's a I think it's a really good thing to good way to start this and I want to add to that which is that I it, I'm in this unfortunate position of being the main defender of the movie today um <laughs> and I which is a weird place to be because if if you guys loved this movie I was gonna be like yeah okay um but I so I have to like kind of play a little differently than I would in a different group but well, like you love cops so I think yeah, yeah you're a cop guy so this should be easy for um, you. yeah all right so, so focusing on not that part for a little longer um I uh I thought yeah I thought that it, it's sort of like uh airplane in that way that it's like it was clearly a sketch group that lasted that was like doing these sketches for a while and then kind of smushed them together in a setting I'm mm-hmm. not saying it was as successful as airplane was but it has yeah. that same feel and I so I don't feel much about the movie as a movie because that doesn't it just feels like not right. And like the way that it was introduced to me is like, oh, man, there's this thing with syrup and it's so funny. Or there's this thing with pulling somebody over. It's so funny. And it was it, no one ever is like, man, you got to see this movie because the arc with the drugs is so compelling. Like nobody, nobody cares about it. Of course, it's got, of course. And like one of the things I tell, I talk about with sketch all the time, I think is really important to sketch because we read a review of any sketch show and somebody says it was hit or miss. And that is the definition of sketch comedy. Yeah. Like that's not a new or interesting observation. Sketches always hit and miss. The question is how were the the hits? How many hits were there to misses? And one of my things I think is most important about a sketch show. The thing I think is really interesting about sketch is how it sticks with you and how it defines a thing or a moment or, and be, and like conform that memory for you. So like Portlandia, uh, full disclosure, only show that's ever paid me to be on that show. But, um, Portlandia like has a lot of sketches that are not funny, but like the put a bird on it thing, just like etched itself in people's brains across the country for a decade. And that is an incredible accomplishment. And, and nobody talks about Saturday night live as being like a fun hour. People talk right. about a character they remember from 10 years ago. And so I feel like the thing with this movie is like as a sketch movie, that syrup thing is memorable to me. And I I, I don't even remember, like there was no point to that sketch. They don't it doesn't actually go anywhere. They right. just drink syrup to do it. But it's such a weird thing that it's like it's seared itself into my brain for a long time. And I think that is a, a very notable and and an impressive accomplishment and that's what makes a sketch movie good well i mean i think that you can kind of boil down all movies like you ever heard the howard hawks quote that a good movie is just three good scenes and no ones? (laughs) right right no i like that yeah so and like i think that's like a very good way of looking at it like there's nothing bad in it and there's three really good scenes and then everything else kind of ties together and I that's think that's a good. Oh, that's so good. And, and sorry, I just want to. I always want to emphasize that part where you said and 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 no bad ones because you were just mentioning this with um, Bill and Ted, where it's like an old movie that randomly has a has a slur in it, and you have to get disappointed. This is a twenty year old comedy that did not have that. I mean, I think it has other really questionable things. In yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> look compared for for old comedies we've watched on the show, I would say this has the lowest number of questionable things in hindsight. Um, 
Sure, if that's I mean, it depends on what you find questionable, you know. Yeah, I, well, no, I, well, I I love to find things questionable, so uh, I feel like this was actually that was one of the things I liked about it is that the heart of it is just so goofball and not about being mean that like like I think like a really interesting and and memorable part of this movie is the German couple that they pull over who tries to seduce the cop and that's like a cliche and it's something that's super problematic and weird and the way they go with it is very different and very open-minded and cool where it's just like oh yeah we're gonna go back you guys are like super into having sex we're just gonna hang out with my open relationship we'll have sex with you and they're just like yeah we're just a horny german couple all the time we're both bi we don't give a shit like there was like a surprisingly interesting and positive direction to take this sort of like problematic trope well i mean i think uh that you know you kind of step back from that a little bit uh and sort of look at uh i think it sort of says sort of a lot about you maybe uh that (laughs) You, you know, sort of like there's no like outwardly offensive or like hateful or like. I'm not saying like, there's not. I'm saying, saying there's less. Finish. Let me talk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, there's no sort of like outwardly sort of offensive uh, sort of things that are sort of like, you know, you, you would get woke scolded for nowadays. You know, now <laughs> there's only, you know, like humor about cops juking numbers to get stats up there's cops you know ab- violating having flagrant abuse of their power to have fun with innocent bystanders there's cops outwardly assaulting and torturing uh uh people who really did nothing besides smoke weed in the back of a car i think that there's much more aff- i would rather take a movie that is like good hurt good like natured and kind and has one rate like a homophobic slur in it than a movie that like the main jokes about like, isn't it funny to watch these cops abuse their powers and terrorize young people just trying to get to Canada? Uh, I think like that is, is so much more well, offensive uh, than uh, they said they were going to Canada, but they were heading southbound, so that's kind of questionable. But I, I, okay. I but but I no, I mean like look, I'm I am not a defender of cops. This is not a tough sell for me. This is not a time where I'm going to be coming out in favor of the police. I uh, uh, I don't think, in general, cops are the good guys. And I would love to talk a lot more about that on a show that wasn't ostensibly funny. And uh, but so, like, I'm a I am a hundred percent on board with you. And I feel like even with that, this is a you're, it's a tough sell to make this seem as hateful as you're doing. No, I'm not saying I think you're pushing hard. I don't think he's saying it. I don't think he's saying it's hateful. I think he's saying that it's it's joking about a lot of things that maybe on the surface feel like, oh, just kind of whatever. It's no big deal. But if you actually break down what's happening, it's like, you know, it it just feels weird to laugh at. You've got to be particularly humorless to be that to dig that deep into it to like. Like if you if like I think that it's particularly unfunny to suggest that a uh, a person in charge of air traffic is high. That's like would be very dangerous in real life. Well, like no, okay, there's so a, it's I, still wait, that that's, doesn't that make kinda, that's not that's, yeah, that's that doesn't uh, that doesn't apply to what we're talking about. Yeah, and like one, so like the idea, so like to kind of get back to your question earlier of like I really like stoner comedies. Uh, I, I like really silly irreverent comedies. I'm a big big fan of them i'm a big fan of just like good comedy in general and i think that the main difference between something like this and airplane and why it's not like a 
unfair uh, comparison is that airplane is so heightened in its absurdity. Like there yeah. is, they are constantly breaking the rules of reality and physics and logic in airplane, right? There's none of that in this movie. There's nothing in this movie is heightened enough to make you forget about like, especially like, again, like I definitely think it's the type of thing when this movie came out, I was like 12 years old. I thought this was the funniest shit in the world. I loved this movie. I could quote it back and forth. I know, I still basically know every line in this movie and it's just something about watching it now and, like, when I think back to, like, when I was young and I really enjoyed it, you know, it, it's not that cops weren't doing fucked up things then. It's just I was a privileged little shit who didn't know any better, who wasn't aware of these issues. And there's something about 20 years later, especially with stuff that's going on now, and because the movie isn't heightened enough. Like, I really liked uh, Game Night from a few, like, two years mm-hmm. ago, which yeah. has a cop character in it. But that movie is so heightened and absurd and the way they use the cop character in it is like I think very very funny, uh, and I think with this movie because it's not you know you know there aren't you know people uh, noses growing when they lie. There's not people uh, speaking in different languages and going in a conga line slapping a woman who's being hysterical like you get an airplane, which is like just because it is so absurd. This is scenes of just grounded reality of cops pulling someone over who wasn't doing anything wrong, playing a game, saying meow to him. And, like, that's the joke, is that they say meow and then give someone a ticket for something he didn't do. Like, it is just not to Well, me- they were speeding. They got tickets for speeding. But, uh, like, I mean, this, is, kind of, it's so, this is such a weird argument. They didn't make it today to as part of a Thin Blue Line campaign. They made I, a I, silly I, comedy 20 years ago. Right. I, I, I don't think that what Anthony is saying is that they should have known better. Yeah. I just, I think the movie maybe now has some problems that maybe for the audience that saw it in 2001, it really wouldn't have any problems. But I, I really like talking about it in the context of airplane. I really like t- the idea of let's get specific about it. Let, let's, I don't want to like make it about what the movie, like, I don't want to talk, like, let's not talk about the idea of the movie and not get to the stuff in the movie itself. Um, because I think I actually got the impression of this movie was starting that it was going to be very much like Airplane, actually. Because if you look at the first sequence, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty out there. Yeah, and I then mean, the, the next sequence of them like uh, driving past and then immediately being behind, behind. them again, yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And like that's that's really funny. And, stuff. I was, and, I, and then there's a part where they they're chasing after the guy. And it's and then it turns out that that's one of the cops, and then they just all start doing shots. Yeah. Like actually, it feels like I would say probably about fifteen minutes into the movie, the rules of the this universe is super uh, airplane to me, and then the the movie loses that somewhere, somewhere that goes away, and even the more you know, you're talking about the the syrup chugging contest, mm-hmm. the way that's even depicted doesn't it just doesn't have the same oomph of, of zaniness yeah, that I the mean, opening 15 minutes has. Yeah, look, I think if it sustained that, I, it would, it yeah, would have no, aged I, I a lot that. gracefully. Or look, a lot yeah, better. Than are that. you going to get me to say that Brian Cox saying they get antsy in their pantsy is not <laughs> very funny? 
No, I, it's a, and it's exactly like Airplane is having a very serious actor say lines like that that is so delightful. Whereas, like, if the comedy guys say it, it's not nearly as funny. Right. Um. Yeah, and I like that quote. I like Brian Cox. I like the sort of like, you know, if you were my son, I'd smother. I would have smothered you a long time ago. Right? <laughs> just, like he is. He is just deadpan and yeah, he's like great. with it. But like I said, I just think that. Uh, watching this now, I think yeah. the the jokes that are there won't. I mean, minus political stuff, minus sort of world things going on. Uh, to me, the jokes just didn't land the way they used to, and that might be because I know this movie very well, so I'm not gonna be surprised by anything. There are a few line readings I still really liked. Um, but I think to me that this is very much like. Uh, like frat bro kind of humor that has been yeah. sort of yeah. played out and copied a lot since this movie came out. And it just, uh, if you told I, me this movie was made by collegehumor.com, I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very college humor vibe. Um, but yeah, I just, although I would, so, so two, just two gags that I want to give shout outs to in terms of jokes that do land for me again to the German couple who where nothing can slow their horniness. Um, the jumping on the bed visual gag where you, you think, think he's, he's talking, talking to his kids and you yeah. pull out and it's the two naked German people um, is very funny and surprising. And the biker disguises where him and the girlfriend aren't allowed to dress this like i laughed at that actually yeah that was him and his so he so a guy from the state police is dating a local police officer you haven't seen this movie and they are it's but they have to be secretive because they hate each other and so they show up to a bar together and she's dressed like a biker chick with like torn sleeves and blown out hair and uh airbrushed shirt and he shows up dressed as a uh, uh, a cyclist as a guy I'm from like the Tour de France. France yeah. 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 He's wearing that singlet where you can see his whole junk section. And, uh, and he cl- he's got his like bolts on the bottom of his shoes for clipping in. And he walks in like ting, 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 ting. anyway. And then he sees her and is like, Oh, bikers. I get it now. This is a great visual gag. A my, great, real simple joke. My favorite joke in this movie. It's not even laugh out loud, funny or anything. It's just a really great line reading. And I, I do think about this line, a few times a year, it just pops into my head. But uh, it's when Brian Cox and the other captain are like arguing in his office, and Brian Cox says, "Look, let's not lie. We both know we don't like each other." And the other cop, completely deadpan, goes, "I like you." <laughs> I like uh, and it just—it was a very surprising choice for that such scene. A dickish thing. To, like he's just so dismissive. And yeah. just, uh, oh, I like you. Like it just yeah. undermines his entire position. And like yeah. that to me is like I wish the movie had more of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also wish in retrospect that the movie it was a harder drug than marijuana that the movie was kind of anchored around its plot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially it being pot. It's just another kind of to me in 2020. It's just another kind of screws of just like, fuck this movie, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the one thing they like, the one thing about the, there was one scene, there was one person when he was like, oh, you got all these drugs. And then they're like, oh, it's pot. Like there was one, there was one moment where one character had that viewpoint that we all would have now. That's like, it's not that impressive that you found all this. We, that's weird. Um, But uh, it was not. Yeah, not as much as you would certainly do now. Uh, so, look, this is what I feel like we're saying is that we 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 both liked the same twenty percent or fifteen percent of the movie, 
And I just feel like because someone paid us to talk about this for their anniversary, I have to be the 20% this whole time because you guys aren't, you guys are very caught up on your 80%. And I know that's a bigger percent. Hey, I've but mostly, like, I've actually mostly talked about what I liked about the movie. I've just joined well, in to. You're to just help a good natured fellow all the time, and that really is helpful. <laughs> um, but I feel like we've all actually basically settled on the same thing that, uh, that, or at least we're, we're close. Like, I, I feel similar to, to what Roger Ebert said in his review about this, uh, which was, uh, I can't recommend it, but I almost can. Um, and that's, I feel like that's like, it's the kind of movie that makes you want to like it, which I guess is not true for you guys right now, but I do see some, I, that's how I felt about it. It's like, I didn't have a great time, but I was like, there's a, like, they seem like as far as frat guys go, they're sweet. They seem like maybe sweethearts, except for that one guy. And, uh, I don't know. I Wait, wanted which to is like the guy it. that seems like not the sweetheart, the, the guy who's the dispatcher. Um, oh, the guy who okay, plays yeah, the yeah. douche. Like, I feel like in real life, I probably would also not like that guy. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, he refers to it as a, uh, a series of skits with laid back charm. And I think that's like, it's there, those things I think still exist. And mm-hmm. certainly the times they have been a change in, and there's some important stuff to reevaluate, but like, I just think there's better movies to reevaluate it in, in this. Let me transition. Well, I mean, a couple I, more things I want to talk about. I feel like I we got your. I just think that, like, uh, especially, I think that because it is like a gift thing, you're being a little bit more lenient. I just think it's funny that you are someone who I think is incredibly uncharitable a lot of other times. Uh, that, like, Super Troopers is the one you're like, you know what? Let's give it a fair shake and be respectful <laughs> for it. It's just. I mean, it's, it's a, well. Well, I, I, I think, okay, so let's be real about this for a second, because I do want to, I, I think this is really interesting. There's two parts to it. One is, I think you may have noticed that the, le- the the times I'm less charitable are when you guys are overly charitable, and the times I am not very, I, I am I am very charitable is when you guys are not particularly charitable. Uh, so it's part a prank. of it is balance. No, it's not a prank. It's balance. <laughs> it's to have a show You're that people pranks, can enjoy Steve. listening to. Mm, so, <laughs> so you wait and see what we're going to so, say, and then you pick your prank opinion. No, no that's not. That's not. It's not a prank. It's that Alex actually believes in nothing and it's no. completely malleable <laughs> and will just take the opposite of whatever uh, we're saying. Um, I, I, do, uh, I do find in my heart uh, a lot of contrarianism anyway, but I do think also, especially on a show where you're having a, fa- a discussion for entertainment purposes, it's good to have a little balance. But my other, my, I think the other thing here is that there is something about movies that I think is under-discussed especially in um, on shows like this or among movie people, among reviewers, which is that so much of your enjoyment goes in that goes into a movie is how you were feeling 10 minutes before that movie, that how you, what was going on in your life, what's going on that day, that week, who you're with, mm-hmm. how yeah. much you've eaten like so much. I also am surprised when I'm not, judgy of a movie and i would love to know why and i can't find something in the text of this movie that explains why it seemed more laid back to me than these other things i do think part of it is that i like i am i have a really hard time dismissing a single homophobic slur in a movie that really does fuck up the whole movie for me in a way that cops not being portrayed as bad guys doesn't bother me as much in a comedy if it was a serious movie it would but I I guess like I don't I don't but my point is I don't know why so like how I, I am asking you guys 
how come sometimes it just doesn't bother me? And sometimes I'm really like, it's really feels like a fucking rock in my shoe when something small happens. I think it depends. I I, well, I don't, that's a really hard question to answer. My, my yeah. Opinion. And I mean, I do, I do like your, the kind of the general, if you kind of back away from that point, the specifics of that point enough is that something I've mentioned on the show before. And I truly believe it's like, I really love, and this is something I think that, it's really good to keep in mind. It's something I don't think people think about enough, but all art is interactive, right? People talk about like just video games being interactive or like a choose your own adventure novel, but all art, even a painting, because it's how you engage and interact with it and what you bring to it that is going to like your enjoyment, your thoughts of it meet somewhere in the middle between the yeah. piece of art and what you bring to it, right? All art is like that. And that's a very yeah. good way to yeah. think about art. And I don't think most people think about that enough, um, especially in movies. I feel like people like ign- like it's it's different to say that with painting where we already know, like I think most people know it's hard. And so what you bring to it is important. And, and like a lot if you go to an art museum and you read the thing next to it two out of three times, it'll say it had like they're interested in the rea- the relationship between the art and art and viewer. But in movies what you're supposed like socially what we say is that's garbage or that's brilliant instead of like i brought some shit to this and today i was hungry when i watched this movie and i don't know how that affected it or like one thing that has a huge effect on me is how much fun my wife is having so like if she seems really annoyed i will have less fun one thing that my wife hates is fake vomit and so the fake vomit scene really bothers me. And I don't care that much, I don't think, but I just know how much she hates it. And so I get mad at the movie for making her feel that way. Right. So like those things are like not about the art. That's about the world that we have come, we have brought to it. Uh, but I, I like don't want to, I don't feel like it would be fair to then say all criticism is stupid or all criticism has to have a menu of what you've eaten that day. And well, like but, what, what but your relationship the, statuses are. But we like, can't be absolute about this, though, because that's the thing is like it's it's that's why what Anthony's saying makes sense. It, it is an interaction. It's it's yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You meet the thing. You bring your stuff. The film brings its stuff. You guys get together and you see what happens it's like a date. You know, you going on a date with the movie and then and then who you are and who the movie is. Maybe you guys, you know, maybe you guys sleep together you know maybe yeah, you I'm, well, so i'm great on dates so it feels like more <laughs> movies should be good to me but you have to follow that kind of rabbit hole down all the way because it's not just you know the movies it's also the criticism what you bring to it it's a that's why like i don't get like angry or like you know when someone feels differently about what i do or like oh. when just, this critic just, was just just uh just uh, insulting not angry just <laughs> just slightly condescending well i'm not i'm not I mean, you you are different than everybody. I have different <laughs> rules of you than I do the rest of reality. You're like a you're like an eldritch beast that like <laughs> gravity bends around you in different ways. Light reflects, um, but it's you know it's like um, you know it's the same thing with sort of everything. Like even like when someone is criticizing something, it's like you reading a really good piece of criticism. That's why I really love like the great film critics, even if I disagree with them on a movie. Like, I just love the way they get me thinking or they, they get me, like, to engage with their writing about a film. And it, I find that there's something enriching from that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think that what is, like, interesting about kind of the more micro point you made is the way the certain people have, you know, just have certain things that are going to 
take them out. For me, I find that um, sort of the, like I, I try to uh, sort of view work as something that is going to, that might be problematic in a certain way or might have sort of edges. When you look at something that has like, you know, like weird slurs in it or sort of offensive non uh, non sort of you know woke things as what you were going to do i find that if anything more forgivable than if the context the the content to it i think is politically kind of gross like in this movie so i think that there's certain movies that i think that like have really problematic elements or scenes or lines but if the underlying work of it or if like you know in certain cases when there's like a character you're not supposed to like or you're not supposed to think is a good person is doing something uh, bad by modern standards. I find that easily forgivable because work is supposed to be challenging like that. To me, when a piece doesn't have that, but has things that I think are sort of politically and philosophically very gross and hurtful, that's when I but can... Don't you think, but don't you think the timing of that matters? Like like the thing with a ra- like with racial slurs or, or with uh, homophobic slurs in a movie in 2000, which we've seen, you'd be like, you'd, by that point, you probably should have known better. By 2000, you should have known well, that wait, that's well, not why, a thing. Well, should... why can't you make that same argument to super troopers? I, this like... is what I'm saying. So, like, but do, do you think that in 2001, at that time, it was insane to think that some cops are harmless doofuses? Well, I mean, I think that for me as a privileged person in 2001, I just didn't think about that. But I think cops, for a lot of people, were terrorizing them. And doing Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's and a really I, interesting point is I, that this is still a movie from a point of privilege of like these rich college kids who were thought it would be fun to talk about getting like these like the kind of police they would meet driving their Porsches on back roads. Yeah, but I think that, like, I think that was always, I mean, just because you are sort of ignorant and privileged from that, that's not necessarily an excuse for doing that. I think something like a slur, I think, like, even, like, if a modern movie, like, the when people talk about, like, um, like, you can't use certain language in modern movies or anything like that, I think that is, like, a kind of silly argument and a way to look it out like if a writer has a good reason for it and it's it's character driven and it's like or just trying to capture a time and a moment it's not gonna offend me sure and like no but it will will offend you if the goal is for it to offend you but that's i obviously that's a different thing than like a casual jokey homophobic slur and the fact that this is like frat boys in 2001 and they're not really afraid of that like they just like they're naked a couple of times and like, oh, you saw a guy naked. That's fun. Like they're the fact that they are not super homophobic is remarkable for a, a frat movie in 2001. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. That, I mean, let me I, I, I feel like we've gotten we've gotten around this one pretty good. So let me ask you like one kind of take one more jump and then we'll start to wrap things up. So one thing that's weird about some of the humor in this to me is that they are practical jokes. They're pranks. Mm-hmm. And I I mean. I would have a separate conversation about how pranks are the worst form of comedy and should anyone who does any prank should be immediately uh, fired, but um, from should be gotten rid of from society. Uh, pranks are the worst, but I mean, they do have a pretty good, like when they have to, like there's a line about having to catalog all the stuff they own. 
They have a really nice sort of costume and wig section that I doubt most <laughs> highway patrol officers have. That's uh, true. I didn't even I, I didn't even connect that, but that's very it's funny. An odd thing to have to catalog. Like, why do they own so many wigs? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Well, one thing that's weird about this is that so it's a it's a movie that's largely based around pranks, but they're not real right they're they're movie pranks not like borat where he's like ruining someone's day for real they're pretending to ruin someone's day and then that person is pretending to have their day ruined and that's a like for a genre that i already don't understand in pranks it's really weird to do fake pranks because like the point of a prank i think is the reactions and so if they're acted reactions it's just it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a weird jujitsu that goes on to make that make sense do you see what i'm saying i, yeah, I, I don't actually <laughs> yeah i'm Wait. a little confused i mean it would be i do like the idea that they hired jim gaffigan and didn't tell him about the meow <laughs> like, I'm sh- like that would be genuinely pretty funny um, i guess i just don't i feel like the point of a prank is that the other person's not in on it and so when you do it in a movie the reaction is a person like it's the person's in on it and so it just it feels like like the genre of practical jokes and pranks is so much about the fact that it's happening for real that when it's happening for pretend, it just doesn't strike me that well. Let me. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other movies where I, I that I think are like pretty prank heavy, um, in, uh, including um, uh, there was a Penn and Teller movie that was just about them doing pranks to each other. But the one thing that I like that jumps out at me. Do you guys ever see the '70s movie called The Magic Christian? No, <laughs> it's Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr. It is a very strange movie, but it's exclusively a prank movie. But like, but not real. But like, one of the it's basically like Peter Sellers is a billionaire and he just does like wacky pranks on people. Like he like has a cruise ship and then has people pretend that the cruise ship is being taken over by uh, by terrorists taking the cruise ship to Cuba and watching all the rich people react or whatever. But there's this which anyway. It's a movie that a friend of mine thought was funny and I watched when I was 16 and I also enjoyed. But there's like this one, like the, the movie builds to this point where he like takes a bunch of money and just puts it in a swimming pool and then fills the pool with pig blood and oh, is just like, who's going to jump in and get money? And you see these businessmen like jump in because they really want the money. And it's like, oh, what an interesting commentary on what these people are willing to do for money. Except that it's not real. Like if you did that in the real world, I'd be like, what a bizarre disgusting project but in a movie you're just like i'm gonna tell you how i think business people would react to this prank and so it's it lacks any sort of power at all and that's i guess i feel that with some of this is like the reactions to people if a cop actually said meow would be like 10 times in a conversation would be kind of fascinating and the idea that they would say wait are you saying meow like that doesn't let's take it out of cops because that's not fun so like if you if you had a doctor who gave you a very yeah, good yeah, yeah. Uh, t- doctoring, but also said meow 10 times, would you ever say, like, I would never stop them and say, do you say meow? Because I am uh, afraid uh, of confrontation. But, like, the point of that is how people would react. And so in a movie, it's just like, well, you just picked how they're going to react and it's boring. Does that, did it help? Did I make it worse? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, and yeah, it, it is, it is, I mean, it's to me. It sounds like maybe you just came up with a better idea than what we watched, uh, actually. Which, <laughs> which is, is like Super Troopers real. Well, yeah, I'm well, also, I, that's dangerous. But yeah, yeah, it's a terrible idea. I, I also feel like you're kind of just like comedic scenes in general. If you boil down most comedy scenes, a lot of them could be 
considered pranks. So oh, I think there's so just... much else to it. I think there's this is there's there's got to be a there's a specific thing that feels different in this kind of prank than like awkward situation with weird boss or whatever. This is right. like specifically you and I are playing a game to see how this person will react. I mean, I just feel like we're you're gonna start talking about how like Jim from the office was doing all these pranks on Dwight, and it's just okay. like it's just like a comic classic comedy conceit i guess i, mean, I would be interested in was, talking about how the office is not that good and everybody is obsessed with it all of a sudden oh That's yeah a weird I, thing. I also <laughs> agree all with of that a I mean, yeah people have been into the office for a long time but it feels like in the last like year the amount of people it must be just like when it was on netflix but like yeah. people talking about the office has gone no, so I, up despite see, it being I, not good I feel like we're luckily finally going down over the la- office mania okay. peaked like last like year, three four years ago. Yeah, uh, office office mania has been pretty solid since it since it got on the telly. Well, you know? it's been a little late for me to no, but I think there was like a Netflix bump, and then I just started yes. seeing more people talking about it. anyway God, that show. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna if this is a real side thing, uh, but if we're gonna talk about these guys and we're gonna talk about pranks. I do have to say, Jay, the director of this, mm-hmm. uh, was involved in one of the greatest pranks in the history of pranks, which is the final prank from Jackass 3. Uh, if you've never seen it, it is the most meta prank within a prank within a prank. I've seen uh, this, and uh, I don't remember what, it's the, the, what it is. What's the genre of it? It's Well, it's a Jackass uh, sketch, but essentially, yeah, know, but like, yeah. they, they get, get one of them... Uh, they think he's going to be in this really, really bad prank uh, that is incredibly distasteful. Uh, but he, uh, they get one of the guys to go into brownface, put on a fake beard, and go get into a taxi to go to an airport. Obviously, like implying he's going to suicide bomb the airport. Right. Uh, uh, but it's Jay is the cab driver. So what happens is uh, a few blocks into the drive, he pulls a gun on the guy. Uh, <laughs> says you're not going to do that, forces him into the trunk of the car. <laughs> they drive around. They fake all these gunshots, make it sound like a huge uh, shootout is happening. And the guy is mic'd the entire time. And he's just like screaming, claiming he's just a part of a TV show. Help. And he's just like, wow. Uh, and they end up pulling him out and being like, dude, it was just a prank. It's okay. And he's like, dude, so- that's not cool. But then. I- the final prank is they reveal uh, that his beard he was wearing is actually the entire crew's oh, beard yeah. that they shaved <laughs> off and glued no. his face. Um, no. It's, it's the greatest prank in the history of all pranks. So and I absolutely hate pranks the most, but one thing that is almost okay about this is that it's only on people who... It's sort of like not hitting civilians. It's like yeah, only yeah. on I mean, combatants. It's fair. That's, it's, yeah, that's the thing about... And, you know, I, I personally... I'm a... Talk about comedy that holds up. I'm a big Jackass fan. Uh, I think uh-huh. I think the Jackass movies are legitimately brilliant uh, and incredible pieces of art. Uh, so, like, I, I'm always going to be, like... Someone I have not seen them? them, but I'm so sure. I'm so confident yeah. I disagree. No, they're, um, they're we, incredible. We have, I'm going to leave it on that strange thought because we have uh, one Here, more wait, wait, wait. I want to say something. About, I want to connect Jackass to Super Troopers real quick and just Please. say that maybe 
because what I love about here's what I love about Jackass is that they were like, we're gonna make a movie and we're not going to bend our concept to what a film needs to be. It's just gonna be a, like a documentary style movie of us doing what we do. It's just a long episode of Jackass. And why couldn't Super Troopers have just been a series of sketches? Yeah. with an even looser glue you know what i mean like the yeah, glue which is, i think true with airplane too it's like there's it's very loose yeah but airplane kind of works like it's like they, they got the the percentages are right of how yeah, yeah how, you know how i yeah, totally agree totally yeah, agree yeah, yeah yeah i mean i yeah I, I yeah 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 okay great so let's leave that there i think that's a good point and let's do we have one more important thing we have to do for andy and then we're gonna go All right, so for our final act today, uh, I'm going to go back to it. Part of the letter from Sarah for the anniversary gift to Andy. Sarah says, as part of my sponsorship, I would also like to give Andy advice about caribou hunting. So as you know, sometimes on the show during the Meat Buddy sponsorship type things, we give advice. One of the things we'll allow you to ask for is advice, and we are not great at it. Um, and what is happening is that Andy and Sarah are going or that's what Andy is doing over this Labor Day weekend right now. He is going caribou hunting. And so Sarah would like us to not Google this. I just want to hear your unfiltered Portland opinions about it and what to do. Now, the problem is, I believe that uh, Sarah's caught upness on the show is before your time, Hunter. So even though Anthony and I are, are Portlanders in a lot of ways, you are not only living in the woods... Mm-hmm. your name is hunter yeah so this is like i might not, be too I qualified i might you have might to be too good myself. at this is what i'm saying i'm I, on, I can only hope that you have never hunted caribou and so that part well, will be let me think for i don't know it's hard i've you know i've hunted so much um, i know but caribou is very specific region yeah um well i mean i you know i want to just andy you seem like a real smoke guy uh, and so I, I just, just, just in case I want to cover some absolute basics, probably wear some kind of bright orange vest. Yeah. Okay. Very important. Okay. I'm sure you got that covered, but uh-huh. just in case, yeah. just in case. Wear some maybe, orange because yeah, caribou hates orange. Yeah. Uh, and you want to, you know, be safe, uh, have some kind of permit or not. I mean, maybe you're a badass. Uh, I know everything is that. De- <laughs> Everything is different in Alaska. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, get, I, you, you have a birthright caribou permit, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Alaska is, you know, wild. I, I think, you know, honestly. Ooh, that's show on Discovery Channel right now. The best piece of advice I could give you is, you know, enjoy the scenery while you're up yeah. there. It's probably yeah. a real beautiful country. Whether you bag one or not, you know, just really take the time to appreciate it. Um, I hope especially you don't trees. Have to... Like having moved to Los Angeles, like you guys who have trees around, you know, you might not realize how lucky you are. Yeah, wide mountain trees ranges. Yeah. Um, I really hope. Uh, I don't know that if caribou hunting involves urine, but I know a lot of hunting does. <laughs> it does involve so, a lot of piss. Yeah, you have to so, cover yourself in it. That's such so, a good point. You know, so they don't. It's, it's not. It's supposed to be like a cool manly activity, but it also is a lot of like animal golden showers yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know definitely you know you know wash your hands i guess uh yeah, wash your hands, you know, wear, wear a mask wear a mask yeah. 
social distance. Be safe, uh, dude. Don't be yeah. out there disrespecting. You um, know. And I would say, you know, uh, I have never gone caribou hunting. I've played a lot of uh, video games, though. So I would say, you know, no scope 360 headshot is really yeah. all you need. You got to uh, no scope it. Otherwise, <laughs> it won't respect you, dog. If you can't, you got to, you know, no scope it. Go for the headshot. Make sure you yep. teabag it once it's down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> got to teabag it. Bring your you smoke, to, Otherwise, it's going to say some. Yeah. It's going to say some homophobic slurs over the headset. Yeah, I really hope you get a nice, nice high kill to death ratio. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that is crucial in a hunt. I think yeah, that's very important. Hopefully, the death numbers are zero, uh, but the kill numbers are high. Yeah. So, well, actually, I just want to uh, off that. So I am. Uh, I've been a vegetarian for twenty years now. And um, I am rooting for the caribou. So, oh, nice! I would hope that you. Uh, so, I, my advice is less to you than to the caribou. So, if they're give if, if you're that, driving, is that your still, advice? give up. <laughs> no, no. I so well, yeah. I mean, I guess run. Yeah, that's my advice. If you so, if you're playing this podcast while you're driving to your caribou hunt, if you haven't gone yet, turn uh, around, caribou, run. Run! Yeah. Uh, oh, I see how you're orange. trying to do it. You think Run! he's got it? Yeah. You really no think way! he's blasting us that loud? Right, just kid. in case. What, just what, like what scenario? Do you imagine? Are you think we're like on big, big speakers, just like crank? I mean, right you're now? in a truck, right? Trucks have big speakers. Yeah. You got the windows Giant. down because the summer in Alaska it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Run! also like to give some advice to the caribou. Uh, mm-hmm. Jump mm-hmm. up and down a lot. Again, this is all video game related, but jump up and down. Uh, zig and zag a lot. Try to yeah. find cover. Cover is yeah. always really good. If you I haven't get... played video games since uh, d- uh since Goldeneye, but strafe run if possible. Try yeah. to yeah, make yeah. Your... if you can you do the sideways. Um, maybe pick odd job so you're just shorter to the ground, harder to hit. Oh, that's too uh, big. It's too easy to hit. Um, no, odd job's the little guy. You're thinking of jobs. Little... Yeah, Jaws. Don't Jaws is just to show them that you don't respect their skills. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hunter, what do you think uh, as the only hunter on the show? Yeah, well, you gotta get you gotta get the smells right. You know what I mean? You gotta smell. You gotta find the pee pee, the poo poo, and smell it. Um, you and do poo poo also. Yeah, really? I mean, you're doing everything out there. You wow. know, I mean, there's so no, there's no. The caribou just, they smell caribou poo poo, and they're like, I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah. I, and then you gotta find like some ancient god that no one worships anymore that has yeah. to do with sure. caribou, and sure, then yeah. kind of baptize yourself in. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, it's hunting is it's it's religion. Yeah. Um, uh, build god a big fire at night, or is Tekirtsur talk? Yeah, so that's your god now, and you need to do as Tikirt Sirtak uh, tells you, and then you will be rewarded. You will you will fight the caribou on the spiritual plane, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, at neither dawn nor dusk, that's which I believe is maybe twilight. Yeah. Twilight, is that what twilight yeah. is? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, bring well, you got to use a knife, dog. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bring a knife, uh, bring some smokes, uh, bring a good book, you know, because uh, caribou like to read. Uh, and in fact, that's a good trap for caribou is just leaving good literature around on the ground because they will read. They are big or, readers. Or some porn mags because they're very, yeah. very horny. You, <laughs> know, you got it back to the video game shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you could just get some hot caribou nudes and leave them lying oh my God, around. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you want the bucks, right? That's the I mean, goal. And, and think yeah, of how, yeah. the, how, how would the super troopers do it? You know, how would they do it? They'd get some when, porn thing. While you're shooting it, how many times can you say meow? Yeah. Blow up doll. Sex blow up doll. Yeah. Just start putting oh, them out there and see how, how they respond. How the, the bear humping suit was actually pretty good. What do you mean? The suit, the, the quality of the suit was good? In the in the in Super Troopers, the no, there's a clever design where his legs were the bear's oh, legs. Oh yes, 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 yes. His so he could run as the bear. Anyway, um, I uh, I'm sorry, I dis- I disrupted you, but uh, take with your bestiality, problem. you've reminded me that that movie had bestiality. Well, it was suggested. fake. Um, you have fake bestiality, even worse, almost. Is it no? For sure, better. Um, uh, obviously, this god uh, Tekirster is from the Inuit mythology and is the most important hunting god, the protector of any creatures that any enter any parts of the northern sky. Yeah, you got to talk to this guy to bring aid help. to the creatures who enter his property or ban them from the area. Well, it sounds like he could actually be on the caribou side, so maybe this is for me. So, caribou, make sure. It's, it's important hunting weekend. Pray to Tekirtzer Top. I don't think we're big with caribou, dog. I don't know that they're you listening. You only need the one to get the word out, because I they're they have that connect they're a hive mind. Oh yeah, they're on a Discord together. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all hang out. So uh certainly that could help. Um anyway, my but my point is for the caribou, get him. Orange, bad. Use your horns. Gorham, he's not ready. I did say that to Sarah too when she was like, We're gonna be going hunting and we want advice. I was like, just so you know, I'm rooting for the caribou. <laughs> she was okay with it. I'm not very Alaskan, I guess. I uh here's a fun fact. I've uh I've had to go hunting a lot because I am named Hunter because my dad did want me to hunt. Um and I have shot guns many times mm-hmm. near animals. And I have never hit anything. I don't know if I ever told you that, Alex. I have never, ever. I have. My dad has been like, not a threat. shoot at that deer right now. And he's like wanting me to do it. And I feel the pressure, that daddy pressure. You know that daddy pressure. Yeah, Only yeah. dads can give you that pressure. And then I have a gun in my hand and I shoot and nothing. Every time, nothing. And my I mean, dad will like try and find the blood trail or whatever. And he's like. He'll just, and, yeah. And are you secretly sabotaging yourself? Are you choking under pressure? I mean, let's this? be real. My heart was never in it. Okay. Yeah. But. This also, there's more skill in purposefully missing. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> then, I mean, yeah. You know, they're huge, you know, intentionally miss and make it look good. I have a similar record, actually, of fishing where I have gone fishing. I went fishing with my uncle many times and the fish were never in any danger. That's that's actually kind of nuts to me because yeah. you you catch a fish on accident, you know. I, yeah, I and it turns out I did not. Uh, wow. I did, did you just not bait your hook or something? Yeah, how did you do this? I wasn't trying to not catch it, but I was not trying to catch one either. So I think it was we you'd throw uh, you know you cast the lure out and then you'd let it kind of fall to the bottom of the lake, and then you'd slowly pull it back in. I don't know. I didn't feel like I but. I maybe the fish could tell I didn't want it to. They could tell my heart was not in it. But I well, you I didn't even get any bites is what you're telling me. I I mean, I wanted him to think that I was cool. So I I believed I got some nibbles, but I never had to do the thing. Fortunately, the thing you got to you, set your hook is what you got to do. It's like once once they bite, you got to set it. You know what I mean? I don't 
I don't, yeah, maybe, maybe I didn't learn that well, but I, my heart was not in it because if you catch the fish, then it comes up and then you have to touch it. And that is, that was even before I was, dude, I hate, I I hated that part. That would stress me out so much. Like as I'm reeling it in, there's no way you you cut, you can cut yourself on, on fish easy. And then you're just bleeding all over a fish and it's already, Uh, yeah, all of this is terrible. Well, I'm sure this is incredible radio to someone caribou hunting right now. To you, Andy, I hope you had a good hunting trip. Uh, and I hope you were gored, but not to death by a caribou. And I appreciate so much you listening for all these years since the wit, been wit, witty. That's so crazy. And, uh, uh, Congratulations on your anniversary to uh, Sarah, who seems like a lovely person. So I feel like both of you guys really lucked out. This is a good one. So I'm uh, very happy to hear uh, from you guys. And I hope you had a great time. And please, um, if you guys have a special thing coming up that only we can ruin, you can get in touch with us. Send us an email podcast at read-weep.com and we can talk about maybe doing a sponsorship coming up. But remember our slogan. This is before your time, Hunter. Anthony, do you remember our slogan? Uh, Might be before your time too. Head. No refunds. No refunds. No re- yep, there it is. There it is. No refunds. So that's the thing we say it all the yeah, time. No refunds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we have we have a couple slogans. One of them is four stars is plenty. Um, but uh, our big one is no refunds from back well, back when we we're doing more sponsorship. So um, you can't guarantee we will like it. We might even hate it. Uh, so that's a danger that you take on yourself. That's your own risk. Um, all right. Let's bring this in for a landing. Thank you so much for listening, everybody and every caribou. We will be back again next week. Uh, next week. My boys here, Hunter and Anthony, have the week off because we're doing a very special throwback episode Ezra and Chris will be back and Tanya and our favorite guest Sarah Hathaway will all be back talking about the new Twilight novel Midnight Sun and uh, you guys have the week off because you like yourself yeah I don't, have time. Time. I don't have time to get into this 25 hours long this audiobook uh, and I can tell you I don't like it I don't think she got way don't better. Spoil it. Don't the spoil the episode. You guys, basically, I'll just tell you this much. Basically, Stephanie Meyer. She, so this is the book where she rewrote the first book, but from the perspective of the other character, which you shouldn't do anyway. But she basically he can read minds, so she retconned every other character to be awful. Oh god! All of the characters were like kind of nice people. It's like, oh, Edward could hear their thoughts, and they were always thinking about awful, horrible shit. Oh boy! It's so weird. It's the weirdest choice. She's ruined every character that was like remark, like even remotely likable. It's so strange. And and oh my god! Okay, so the one of the things that's creepy about this book is that that Bella is seventeen and Edward is one hundred and thirty, and that makes him a pedophile. And you're like, well, okay, but he is his body is 17. That might be your explanation. But then the first two hours of this book are just him in high school thinking, I hate these children. I am nothing like these kids. Get me away from children and their stupid child lives. So she just like, everything is worse now. She just like, it's almost like she's sabotaging the series for herself. Um, it's a very strange. Read. I mean, so there's a classic literary tradition 
of ruining your own look down the line. So that's such a good point. So Stephanie Meyer is happy to be part of that tradition. Um, anyway, so that special episode next week. Um, also, thank you to all of our meat buddies. You can become one by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash meat buddies or metreon.com. And you can help keep us limping along down the tracks. Thanks for hanging out, Anthony. It's always great talking to you. Yep. Yep. Hunter, thanks for taking time out of your busy day covering yourself with animal urine to chat with us about a movie. Oh, yeah. Love the piss. <laughs> You're such a good yes-ander that you now are the person who's covered in piss. That's the risk-reward oh, yeah. kind of thing about hey, it. I, I'm glad to do it. Glad. We got a bunch, one last thing I want to say is we got a bunch of great email last week, and I was going to read some of it, but this show is already so overlong that I didn't want to do it. So we'll come back. Uh, but if you have sent us emails, I have, even if I haven't responded, I've read them, and I am looking forward to talking about them. So please keep sending those in, podcast at readership.com. All right, we'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.